Hey everybody, thanks for checking out this episode of My First Sketch at MyFirstSketch.com. I'm Josh Hyam. As always, feel free to subscribe to the show on iTunes and get it automatically. You can like the podcast on Facebook at Facebook.com slash MyFirstSketch. And any questions and comments, feel free to email MyFirstSketchPodcast at gmail.com. And you can follow me personally on Twitter at Josh High False. This is the first of two episodes recorded live at Philly Sketch Fest Presents a few weeks ago. Today's guest is Dan Corkery, currently a member of House of Solitude and Goat Rodeo. His sketch is called The Mob vs. The Gift, which was written for Alley of Nightmares a couple years ago. The reading you'll hear features Rob O'Neill as the alien, Rob Banowitz as the guy, Joe Moore as Dr. Peanid, myself as the policeman, Kurt Reedy as Frank the Farmer, and Dan Corkery giving the staging and visual cues. So let's go to the sketch. Dr. Peanut sits alone, having a coffee. An alien stumbles in, clutching its chest. Uh, please, I, I come in peace. Take this gift. It's from my whole planet. It's for all of humanity. Good heavens, I'm a doctor. I can help you. Dr. Peanut begins to operate on the alien. Enter a policeman, gun drawn, as well as a farmer with a pitchfork and a guy with a torch. Freeze, Doc! Step away slowly. This damn alien crash landed three nights ago and killed my partner not two miles down the road. Wait, what? Uh, accident. Uh, I can uh, I can explain. Uh, I come in peace with a gift for humanity. You killed someone? This damn alien destroyed half my crops and livestock when he crash landed. Whoa, crazy. Policeman and farmer give sideways glance to the guy. Wait a sec. What did the alien do to you? Oh, um, well, you know, I mean, come on, right? Do you have any reason to be here? I saw, you know, you were driving down the street with the sirens on, and and Frank, you were running like hell with your pitchfork. It just seemed like the beginnings of an angry mob, and I just wanted to, you know. Uh. And I know, I know we say we aren't going to do that kind of thing anymore, but I'm sorry. Guy, you can't, cop- you can't keep doing this. Yeah, you need to leave this kind of thing to law enforcement professionals. What? What the hell is Frank doing here, then? I have a legitimate grievance with this alien. And so you got your pitchfork and you were going to kill him. Whoa, 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 what? Uh, I'm a farmer. This is a tool that I happen to be holding. Okay. Well, I thought maybe this was just one of those angry mob situations. I just like when we act as a community. Help my gift. What are you talking about? We are a community. Oh, yeah? Well, then what's the deal with kids not being able to trick-or-treat anymore? A lot of kids died. You know, Frank, I am so sick of hearing that. You're like the tenth person to say that to me today. We are all used to do things together. Remember when we burned those witches? They turned out to just be Presbyterian. 
when, ha, Mike, ha, there was that werewolf that was terrorizing the countryside, and you led the, <laughs> the search party, and we wound up shooting that poodle? Uh. <laughs> hmm. It was... It was wearing a pretty silly bow. And Doc, when we thought you were trying to create a race, race of zombies, but it turned out that it was only lupus research and we burned the whole lab down? Well, shucks. Boy, your faces were red. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, wait. So we all formed these angry mobs? Knowing full well that we were only senselessly killing and causing mayhem? <laughs> <laughs> nah, we have fun. Now let's... Let this alien die and destroy whatever hocus-pocus black magic is in this box. Dr. Peanut stands up abruptly, dropping the alien's head. Please, the gift is... Don't you even finish that sentence, you dirty alien. Terrific, yes! The guy stomps, stomps the box. That's right. The policeman stomps the box. I missed you guys. The alien dies. So happy together from the turtles fades in as the mob idiotically stomps and stomps on the same box. Fade to black. The end. All right, we're good. We're going. All right. Hey, Dan. Hey. How you uh, doing? All right. So this... You told me before, this isn't your first, first original sketch. This was... Yeah. This was my first sketch that I, I wrote uh, on my own in Philadelphia, which is... Uh, I wrote... I got in a sketch... Doing sketch-like stuff in college. I remember the first thing I wrote, like, on my own that was on... I did, like, the campus TV show mm -hmm. at University of Delaware, um, and it was... I couldn't find it. It was a daily show type show it just ripped off the entire premise of the daily show and i was uh an intern who had been uh interning for senator larry craig anybody remember that in he's battle he's the senator? uh the, the bathroom guy the wide stance guy yeah, yeah okay who was like uh yeah which i wish i could have found it because it's you know i feel like everybody would have uh, really enjoyed remembering that guy <laughs> 15 years later yeah. that topical humor just works 15 so well years i don't remember like i don't remember when <laughs> when that happened 15 ish yeah Probably wasn't 15, was it? No, it was like 2008. I don't. Okay. Uh, so, <laughs> so then, so uh, so, where did this idea come about? Like, what what made this, you think of this? Uh, this sketch was for. Um, I was asked by uh, Rob, who was just in the sketch, and uh, Paul uh, Trigiani to do the show called Alley of Nightmares, which mm -hmm. I had been doing improv in Philly, and I was on a team at at Fit. Um, and I hadn't done sketch for a couple of years, but they just sort of asked me to be, I got an email and that's how I met those guys for the show, which wound up being uh, still one of my favorite things I've ever been a part of. I feel that kind of, that's one of the ways that Paul works. Like, cause yeah. I know from talking to other people, people get random emails from Paul Trigg being like, Hey, I want you for this. Like, and then they start working on a project. Like, cause I think yeah. Jolie Darrow was just like, I just got this random email from Paul about, um, Welcome to Ando and what is it called? An Anadonia. Anadonia. Yeah. Like, I never met Paul before, and now I'm on it. Like, yeah. When you you, you never forget where you you are when you get the call <laughs> from. Paul. Uh, it was a lovely email from Paul and Rob, who had just decided they wanted me to be in the show, um, and it wound up like I said, it was a great show. Uh, a lot of people like they wrote for it, but then they had I think uh, Christian Alsis wrote for it. Uh, one of the guys, uh, the older 
Secret Pants members wrote for it. And it, um, after the first read through, they said, if you guys want to write something, we can like take a look at it. So mm -hmm. I wrote this and the whole show was sort of a nice, um, a lot of the sketches were sort of referencing, uh, what's that show? The Time Show? Twilight Zone? Yeah, that's right. But the t <laughs> the you know, Time you Show. Know the Time Show. Not Doctor Who, but the Twilight Zone. <laughs> so I went on Wikipedia and I looked up uh, Twilight Zone episodes mm -hmm. and uh, I found one. And I was like, I think I could try to, to write something. So I did that. The, the, and they, actually and they took it. Yeah. The, they made the show. Yeah, it was in the show. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so, and you mentioned doing improv before you started doing sketch mm -hmm. stuff before. So tell us about the improv history. Oh, uh, it was Chicago in the mid-60s. No, 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 no. Not, not that far. Not that okay. far. Not that far. Um, personal improv personal history. history. Yeah. So I did sketch stuff in college. It was this like daily show sort of right. ripoff thing. And then I, I graduated. And for a year, I sort of just like. Uh, dicked around. I was like a bartender and a, like, like a paid intern. I graduated college in 2010. If you recall, the economy was not great, so there weren't any jobs. Uh, so I spent a year like uh, feeling like bad for myself and working like three jobs. And then I took a class at Fit. Uh, you know, I don't know for whatever reason. Uh, and it was. It was fine. I'm not going to say anything bad about it. <laughs> uh, like it, I, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it a lot. It was nice doing comedy. No again, one listens to this, so you can say whatever you want. Oh. Well, if we're going to be honest. What, all right. What, no, no, no. I'll, I'll, how did you get I'll to skip fit? it? I'll, like, skip, I'll skip it. I'll skip how it. did you get to fit? Like, how did you find out about fit? Um, somebody uh, said there's this thing in Philly where this stuff happens. And I'd gone to a couple. Uh, I'd sat at a couple open mics at Helium. Mm-hmm. And I think the whole stand-up scene in Philly has changed much since then. So this is like, I only said the year because it was like 2011 at that point. Um, and I went to the open mics and I was going to try to just write some stand-up and I didn't uh, enjoy necessarily right. it. Right. Um, uh, so I, I heard about Fit. I took a class and and it was, you know, I, I liked the people I met here and then I sort of didn't do it for a couple months because I got a job finally. And then I heard, I sort of, not, I mean, spite's a, a harsh word, but I tried out for a team because I saw somebody else was trying out for a team. I was like, oh, fuck it, I'll do it too. Mm -hmm. And I got on the team, and it was this team called uh, Davinger at Fit. And I, so I'd just been doing improv for a okay. while. And I hadn't, I hadn't written anything for a couple years. Uh, Davinger happened, I think, when I was taking Sketch 101 okay. with Fit. Yeah. Because uh, that was Brian Rumble, right? Like, Brian Rumble was on it? Um, yeah, he was. Yeah. Like, and he was really the only real, like, improv person I knew – because he was in the class, it was like, yeah. and so that's the end of that story. Um, <laughs> so, what got you into comedy? Like, what were you watching as a kid? What did you like? What did I like? So, um, when I was a kid, I loved The Simpsons and Seinfeld, mm -hmm. um, and that was. I feel like I, I didn't watch a ton of. I liked Doug as a littler kid, yeah. and uh, sort of like the Nickelodeon stuff. But The Simpsons, I would just. Um, what, at like the lunch table, I would just like do stuff from The Simpsons, and yeah. people would be like, "All right, I mean, we saw it too." Kind <laughs> of thing. It wasn't like especially great, but you I you weren't I loved sharing something that was brand new to these people. Like I thought I was, yeah. Right. I, anybody, it was new to them. Um, but hopefully. it wasn't. But no, it wasn't. And I loved I loved Seinfeld too. And then it became like uh, I got into like South Park and stuff like that. I liked all the the big sort of comedy stuff then, and then yeah. the more sketch stuff. I remember in the summers uh being home and watching like kids in the hall on comedy central and stuff like that and old snl stuff yeah just the pretty standard stuff uh, pretty standard stuff like so do you i asked this of everybody do you have a favorite snl cast member like historically 
Um, I for me probably Will Ferrell. I yeah. think he's great. I think he's like he's somebody. I think he's somebody who is. Uh, for those of us in like who who see ourselves as people who like do comedy and stuff like that, he might be somebody because he's been so commercially successful that people would be like, uh, well, t- I don't know, Elf. Um, but I think he's great. I think he's I think he's so funny and he's one of those people. He's just like anything he does, he's funny and yeah. Like when you when you find out you, you see some movie like a uh, like a Wedding Crashers or whatever movie, and somebody tells you like, oh wait, you got to see Will Ferrell pops up in it. He's always the funniest part of anything he's in. Yeah, so like you, you get the people that are dicks and are like he's sold out. He's like you know one of those like twenty million like million dollar movie stars. Like he can do anything he wants. Sure, but he does like weird bizarre shit sometimes like yeah he does whatever he, he wants which like is very some of the stuff on, on on snl that he did is just like dark and like weird and like he takes like, an impression and and goes completely different way like robert goulet yeah his impression of robert goulet is not robert goulet like yeah it's like, this weird character so him and so him and like adam mckay were like the sort of like one of the major voices in comedy in the last decade so they and they were so successful so i feel like it's people would be like oh you know that guy so i guess like the the correct like podcast answer would be to be, me to be like i really love john belucci which like i st- i don't understand the the worst i think you had to just uh, be I, th- I think he's a part I, of the time like yeah i don't i mean it. i i saw the samurai thing where he, he, <laughs> he like uh and it's like there's a famous story where he kind of cuts the guy a little bit i don't care buck henry yeah yeah whatever yeah he um yeah i, like I, buck henry. I, I think when you look back there's certain people that like you're just like whatever like i don't mean to burn any bridges with lauren or anything like that but <laughs> or that damn belushi family like oh well yeah. i got a bone to pick with jim oh everyone <laughs> everyone has a bone to pick with jim yeah um so, all right. So, your first experience with doing sketch in the city is Alley of Nightmares. Yeah, which is like it's like um, your first time getting to. Uh, I can't think of a metaphor. It was great. <laughs> <laughs> like those guys. Those guys are great. Uh, Rob's great. He's still. He didn't leave. I don't think. No, he's um, still here somewhere. Yeah, it was shadows. just. It was such a great cast. Like it was. It was people who have, I became really good friends with, and we got to. Uh, do the spank up at UCB, and then we got to take the show to uh, Toronto, Canada. Woo! I hate. Wow, that, that was so forced. funny. People <laughs> <laughs> reference a place. Thank um, you all for doing that. Almost Thank embarrassing. You for, <laughs> Thank you for indulging me. Um. So, all right. If I remember correctly, Alley Night- Nightmares was 2012. 13. I 13. Think. Yeah. Okay, so I was completely dark because I did a show in 2012 that just completely ruined comedy for me, and I had I had to run away. What was it? Sketch? Uh, Promania, like that I did. Was that at Fringe 2012? Yeah, yeah. It was a okay. uh, a shit show of a show. Like backstage, it was awful, and I just had to disappear for a while. That was the wrestling thing. Right? Yeah. Uh, so Alley of Nightmares, mm-hmm. uh, and now you are a house team member on Goat Rodeo. Goat Rodeo. Yeah, yeah. So where do we get to there? Um, I did Alley of Nightmares, and I didn't really do uh, any sketch stuff after that. Uh, I got to, well, I did, I did things, I would do like, I think, theme show by myself every once in a mm-hmm. while, which was great. And I sort of was like, I'd like to focus more on doing sketch stuff. Uh, I was doing a lot of improv stuff at uh, Figment Theater, which was, uh, became a thing between then and before I got on Goat Rodeo. But I said to Paul, I was like, I would love to do, if you know of stuff happening at Fit or whatever, I'd love to get back into sketch. Mm-hmm. And it, it so happened that Goat Rodeo was looking for people, and then me and uh, Jimmy Hake got picked up as performers and now we're both writing and wait his name is jimmy hake 
Yeah. I've been saying it wrong wanna, for like three months. Do you want to pause it? Because I can explain like, the Jimmy. Yeah, no. Because he, he, he was everyone, on like two weeks ago. I called, him, I, I called him. I've known him two years now. <laughs> I called him Hack up until a couple months ago. But his name is pronounced Hake. He doesn't correct he, people, and it's kind of a stage name wh- for him, I think. Why not? <laughs> like, now I feel like a shithead. No, like, no, don't. Don't feel bad. Uh, we'll get this. We'll fix this in post. All right. It's fine. No, it's fine. Uh, now I have to like, write an apology email. So, all right. So, Goat Rodeo. Yeah. But you're still doing improv. Uh, Davinger still. No, that's been gone for a couple. No, years. I mean like, when you start with Goat Rodeo, you're still doing Davinger. No, Davinger ended earlier that year. Okay. But I was doing a lot of stuff at Figment and and this new t- group, uh, Triple Double, which which Caitlin's also on. Is how I met Caitlin. Mm-hmm. And then um. Korean <laughs> uh, <laughs> Wells and, and Brian was also on that. He was the one. It was sort of his idea. And Maggie directed it. Maggie Keegan directed it. Korean Wells and and Frank Farrell and Max Sittenfield and it. Mm-hmm. Its current iteration sounded pretty much Frank, uh, Caitlin, myself, and, and Corinne when she can come down from right. New York. So, And you still do monthly shows with them? And monthly shows, yeah. Um, First Friday, check it out. Yeah. Uh, I'll plug everything. It's fine. Like. TripleDoubleComedy.org. <laughs> no, we, no, 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 we don't have it. We don't I was going to say, dot .org. How'd you get that? No, no. Um, so, all right. Uh, Goat Rodeo. Mm-hmm. How's that experience with writing with them, working with them? Uh, it's great. It's so the way our sort of I don't know how each team does it. I feel like Flat Earth because they sort of been whittled down to such a like this great sort of small core. They're mm-hmm. probably different than Dog Mountain is, than Goat Rodeo is. Um, I don't. So I mean, it's just sort of like writing writers meetings start up again. The first one was uh, yesterday. Because you guys are October. I think uh, shows in October. Yeah, yeah mid October. So it's people come in with their ideas, just first draft of sketches. We do read-throughs. People, we give notes just together in the room. And um, we come back and we keep reading new stuff for weeks and and reading second drafts of stuff and seeing what people did with their notes and talking about stuff. And then we finally have a show at a certain point. In October. Yeah. Um, So you you were working with Caitlin with uh, Triple Double, Mm -hmm. because I always get them wrong with playback right that's the other one yeah yeah um, there are so how did house of solitude evolve out of that or did it evolve like um well i mean to be fairly candid i was uh i was personally not in a in a great place just like sort of some uh some life stuff happened i was sort of blindsided by and after this one thing happened and i don't want to be too much of a bummer but it's i think it's kind of a a neat story because how i got to know caitlin better but basically uh, so I got some very sort of bad, weird, awkward uh, news, and literally the next day, Caitlin had uh, texted me and was like, hey, are we going to all get dinner after before our show on Friday? And I was like, I don't care, man. And she was like, what's wrong? And so we uh, we wound up going up to dinner, and one of the things we talked about, she was like, um, if, if it'll make you feel better about uh, everything in, in your life, I'll write with you, because I think you should write stuff again. Mm-hmm. Um, so she pretty much was like, out of the kindness of her heart, like, I'd love to, I'll, I'll, I'll write with you if you want to write. Um, so I, I held her to it, so I started, uh, or she held me to that. Um, so I had a thing I wrote, and we shot it, and then she had a thing she wrote, and we were just shooting stuff, and then a couple months later we said we should do a show, and we got some of our uh, favorite people to, to be in that show. And um, But the, the actual House of Solitude is uh, Caitlin and myself, and yeah. every once in a while we love to just bring people in to do big shows so uh, uh another question i like to ask people that have multiple projects going on multiple balls in the air if they're juggling um what is your do you have a different approach when you're writing for goat rodeo versus writing for house of solitude 
Um, I don't know how the how different the so Caitlin and I we would, and in Goat Rodeo it doesn't happen either. I never sit with somebody, and in front of a, a computer, or typewriter, um, and like we work on a sketch together. I, I'm sorry. Do you ever sit in front of a typewriter? Like it's you know in a novelty store or something. <laughs> like that. But you're an not working. Store. Okay. Yeah, yeah. No, I I never I never sit with somebody and like let's write this together and like we're, where we're one guy where one person's typing and the other yeah, one's pacing. Yeah, somebody's like pacing yeah. with like a cigarette. Like oh no, it's got to be different. It's got to be different. The guy comes in too early. It's got to be on the first page. It's never anything. Uh, it's never anything like that. It's always like I have this idea and I'll bounce it off of Caitlin. Uh, and with Goat Rodeo, it's like I have this idea and I'll. Uh, bounced off of Caitlin, and then I wind up writing. <laughs> and then I wind up writing it myself. Or Caitlin will send me like a, you know, ten scripts that she's written, and I'll, I'll go through <laughs> and and I'll give feedback, and or she'll give feedback to my stuff, and so we bounce stuff back and forth. So I mean, obviously, House of Solitude is much more informal since we uh, live together and everything. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, it's it's pretty much you work on the things. For me, my ideas tend to come out fairly fully formed, and mm-hmm. I I don't know of. I don't know if it's different for other people. For me, it's like once I sit, once I can finally sit there. I don't mean to imply that it's easy for me to do it because it takes. I put too much pressure on it coming to me. But then once I sit in front of a computer, I just sort of like, I usually get it most of it out in a you, first. You would drink. rather have a like. You're not gonna sit there in front of a blank screen and just like type whatever comes. You want a full. Like no, I should. I should do that. I should. I would love to get better at sort of because I feel like I don't write nearly enough. I would love to. Be like I'm writing for an hour right. and, and really do that, but I tend to wait for ideas to come to me, which okay. is no. I think that's no way to, to actually be a productive, uh, great writer. Well, I mean, there's a difference between being prolific and being, good and, quality. Like, <laughs> yeah, I feel like I kind of Stephen have some King idea writes a book every about. year, and like, that doesn't matter. Like, yeah. Well, I'm no Stephen King. Well, I mean, no, you're not. I you're do write a sketch every year. I write a sketch. Every <laughs> <year>. <laughs> One sketch every year. So I feel like I'm pretty much Steve. That feels too. like me. Like no. <laughs> um. So, but like I noticed with House of Solitude, there seems to be. And I don't know, because I'm gonna ask this question. Like, is there a conscious effort to do like a themed show? Like you did Galaxy Uncherished. Yeah. Um, which is like a s- Tennessee Williams play. Yeah, that. So Galaxy Uncherished was like. Um, we just sort of started writing together, and we were we were hanging out together. And I said, sort of a, as a thing, like, "Oh, we should do sort of like um, a melodramatic thing in outer space, and we can film it." And then I was like, "And that was it for me." <laughs> for me. And then uh, Caitlin went off, and pretty much she wrote like almost the, pretty much the whole first draft, mm-hmm. handed it off to me to write a little bit of the things, and then we had a read through with people. So Caitlin really like took. I was like. Oh, what if we did this? Bye. And uh, she went, she ran with it. And then it became a collaborative writing effort. Mm-hmm. But it was like uh, six months later, she was like, oh, I, I did that thing that you were talking about. And you didn't do any sketch classes at FIT? Like you just. I buddied uh, Joe Moore's uh, class last year. He's an excellent teacher. So do Joe Moore's 101s <laughs> if, if you want or not, whatever, it's fine. I really, I, I think the, um, I'd, why I'd, I had never taken a sketch class. He's great. I had, n- I had never taken a sketch class before, but after budding that class, I definitely appreciated what, like, uh, the way it's structured because it really is, like, sort of throwing people in the deep end. And yeah. I feel like, um, you know, if people want to spend their money on it, that's great. They don't necessarily appreciate, like, you're going to be working. Yeah. Um, I think it's great because they'll just be, like, write a sketch or write part or come in with ideas for sketches. And I think people get weird about it, like, 
so oh, I wasn't, ex- I wasn't expecting to do you know, any homework this. for this class, yeah. but like they signed up for it, and it's I think it's a great experience, and I think it really gets people into it, so it's cool. Um, but you're asking about theme shows. I'm sorry. Uh, we try to we I think we try to notice threads in shows. Mm-hmm. Like the first show we did was sort of about like loosely in our heads, and I don't think it translated to the audience, which is fine. It was like the idea everything every sketch revolved around uh, relationships in some way, okay. usually like um, romantic relationships. Like, so there was, like, a husband and a wife, and they were, like, a, someone was a mad scientist, and then, um, you know, this, this sort of slam poet guy who was – just wanted to talk about how he had sex with somebody, and, right. he, and he fucked it up. Um, and we did another show where it was, like, this sort of uh, weird town where there was uh, some dark stuff that, going on. That's the one that I remember. I was like, And that was the first time I saw House of Solitude, and yeah. I was like, holy crap, like – yeah. These guys are great. Like, oh, this is fantastic. Um, yeah, I still I, – I love that show a lot. We're going to do that show uh, in Austin at Out of Bounds. Oh, that's yeah. fantastic. The show's very uh, precious to us. Yeah, that's a – hear that, Austin? Go to that. Yeah. Please. <laughs> All right, first off, please, someone in Austin, listen to this for the start. Like, that's step one. Um, so what have you – like, is there anything that you've learned about – the differences between improv and sketch or writing versus just getting up there and I mean I I I I will waffle between uh loving both of them and and you know wondering why I'm doing mm-hmm. either one of them just cuz of my own sort of issues. Uh I think I so sketch was the first thing I did. I love sort of like um the collaborative part of they're both collaborative. They're very improv is obviously entirely collaborative, but I like the idea of um, having your sort of voice come out and getting to do characters and getting to think about things. And, you know, um, I do a lot of, like, video work, so I like being able to have this, uh, even though it's all digital, so I'm making a gesture like I'm holding it in my hand. But it's like a yeah, thing you're you can cranking. show people. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I, you know, and then improv is, I feel like the being in the moment of improv and performing is like um, – like when it's going well, it's incredible. Like it's one of the best feelings, and and having a sketch go great is incredible. Um, but something about improv when you're with people and you're like just sort of riding that in the moment, mm-hmm. that's like the the best feeling. But and sketch is like you agonize over a specific thing, yeah, and you live or die on that thing. Which when you live, it's great, and when it dies, uh, it's much more disappointing than a bad improv show because yes. it's it's an imp- a bad improv show you can just go like oh well mm, yeah, we'll get them next time gang yeah. uh, uh and a bad sketch show it's like oh well mm, i shouldn't do this i i don't like any uh thing in my life i shouldn't do it <laughs> uh you mentioned doing video and you guys also you're also a part of uh the milk and cookies show like yeah yeah like where did that come from uh we were Caitlin pitched a bunch of ideas to um, the Black Friday comedy marathon, and she was like, she said to me, like, uh, what if we do something where we we come out and the premise will be, it, it'll look like we're doing a live sketch show. We'll just call it the MNC show. People mm-hmm. won't know what it is. And then we'll hit the lights and we'll hit them with just like 10 to 15 minutes of video stuff. Then we'll just make it mm-hmm. between when this gets approved and whatever. So I said, okay. So uh, the two of us grabbed uh, a bunch of people and we just like, we had some things that we shot that we spent some more time on, and then other things that we we all just hung out in K 
Caitlin's apartment for an afternoon and just shot as much stuff as we could. And the point was to like hand out milk and cookies to people because it was at midnight, I think. Right. Yeah. So it was supposed to be a one-off thing, but we did it again with a uh, uh, Philly Sketch Fest because we just had fun doing it. <coughs> uh, so I think people had a hint of what was happening, and there was expectations for cookies. So Caitlin had to bake those. Well, yeah, I, fu- I fully know going into that show. I was like, oh, I'm, it's a video show, like which yeah. is fantastic. I, yeah. you know, I love video sketch, so. I love um, – it's hard because it's, like, it, there's something that feels weird about, like, oh, watch this thing and just mm-hmm. sit in silence and watch this thing and, and hopefully – well, hopefully laugh at it. But I like seeing how people react to video things. I like seeing what plays in front of people and what doesn't play in front of people. And it's great to, like um, – like, it's pathetic. You'll put a video out there and you'll be, like, refreshing. See yes. where the view counts at yeah. and see, like, oh, well, that's interesting. He shared this guy's video. He didn't share my video. Yeah. Fucking bullshit. Um. Um, but, but, but sort of do it in front of an audience, even though, like, the, the milk and cookie stuff was a lot of stuff. It was just like, oh, fuck it. Let's just throw this together. And, like, what if we just, uh, you know, filmed uh, Frank Farrell in like, a, in, like, a big fur coat for 30 seconds? But, like, people will laugh at it. So yeah. it feels good to have people, like, watch something like that and laugh at it. It's very different. And then, and then finally um – what what got you into comedy? Why do you do it? Why do you want to be funny? Um, is there like I mean, I had like an eye patch as a kid. Is that a good answer? I feel like that's like a, it's like a. Why didn't that come up right away? <laughs> oh, I don't know. I didn't All right, from now on, I'm asking everyone: Was there any weird maladies that you had as a child? Yeah, that pushed you. <laughs> you into had to comedy? Like, feel like you had to overcompensate. Yeah. Well, mine are uh, for the record. It was uh, chubby and an eye patch. <laughs> No, I, I don't know. I just I like doing it and, and I sort of as opportunities I never thought seriously. I was I think I was too boring and, and pragmatic a person a, a young person and was like, Well, I'll probably try to be a lawyer and then you, you <laughs> get to you get to, you know, college and it's like I don't want to be a lawyer. Oh. Like the closer you get to like taking the next the f- you see the next step ahead of you, you're like, yeah. I don't wanna fucking do that. Um so I just like on a whim I started doing the the student TV stuff in college, and I liked being funny, and I and I you realize like, oh, the stuff I really like is like watching uh, funny things and yeah. being and being funny with your friends and stuff like that. So I just started doing uh, stuff, and um, I found the only times that I'm uh, happy uh, in my life are when I sort of step out of my comfort zone a little bit, and comedy was a big step out of my comfort zone. So I try to keep doing uh, new things personally, and and as you find people that you trust enough to take those chances with uh just keep doing it and i i would like to stop doing it and i would like to say that i you know i do it because of the joy i get out of it but like um i don't know i had a a conversation with somebody where i was like i think i'm not going to do this anymore and they're like what are you going to do and i was like i don't know (laughs) and so i sort of feel stuck with it okay but I don't. I'm sorry, there's, that's, that's, not, that's not funny. It's not funny. But and there's it's not, worse uh, things to be stuck with than trying to. Yeah, it's be not heroin funny. or anything yeah. like that. I'm not. It's not like I'm trying to kick a, a bad drug habit. I like. I still like doing it. But there are there are many times when I was like, I, I say, what am I doing it for? Because yeah. you know, it's 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 a very it's a great community that we're in. But mm-hmm. it's also it's a small community. It's not like um, nobody's gonna walk into my improv show and be like, well. I'm taking you to Hollywood with me, yeah. big guy. Like, I'm going to throw you in my little <laughs> Hollywood bag, and you'll see the sign, and you'll get, you know, uh, all your dreams come true. It's Bes- just, you just Besides, if, if they're coming to your improv show, they're going to take Caitlin first. Like, I'm not going to lie. Well, fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm kidding. 
That just came to me and I had to go for No, that. no. <laughs> oh, I'm glad you did. <laughs> <laughs> she's fantastic. <laughs> she's my, well, she's my uh, favorite. Uh, uh, no, nah, she'll, <laughs> whatever. He gave her enough credit. I think she sucks. <laughs> <laughs> she is, you know, I, you know, I write, I wrote the, whole, I write everything that we've ever done. And you just said the opposite. Like no, no. Whenever, ago. whenever she's on stage, it's not her. It's legitimately me. the exact opposite. No, it's me wearing a Caitlin wearing a wig and Caitlin I'm in drag. Caitlin and wrote the first. Ep- I can like do playback if I no. knew how to do that. Actually, I don't know how to do that. Playback, I'll, I'll playback, playback is with triple double every first Friday. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a one man show. All right, I think that's thank enough. you for your time. Thank you, <laughs> thanks, Dan. Uh, just a little fact checking after an interview. The Larry Craig scandal was not 15 years ago. His wide stance happened in 2007, nine years ago. And super apologies to Jimmy Hake for pronouncing his name wrong for the last two months, because I'm the worst. House of Solitude will be heading to Austin, Texas to perform at Out of Bounds Festival this Friday, September 2nd at the Hideout Upstairs. And I'll be participating in Up All Night this Friday night at Philly Improv Theater at 730 I will be one of the cast of sketch writers who will improv, write, rehearse, and perform an entire set within 24 hours. My first sketch is a Philly Sketchfest production. You can find out more information at phillysketchfest.com or on Twitter at phlsketchfest. Also, for more information about comedy in Philly, head to woodercooler.com. The music on this episode is by the band Nono which you can check out at nonoband.bandcamp.com. And like my first sketch on Facebook to keep up with who I'm be talking to next and future live shows. This is Josh Hyam. Thanks for listening. We'll be back later this week with the second half of our live show with Caitlin Weigel. But go see some comedy, especially up all night this Friday. <laughs>